Well, how often do you think about death and dying? Uh, how do you feel about your imminent death yourself? Uh, what happens to us after we die? Uh, we're going to talk about uh, this today on today's podcast. And then for the Bad Doctrine of the Week, we're going to be looking at uncommitted Christians being a threat to a biblical worldview here in the United States. So all that and more coming up today on the Digging Deeper podcast. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to the Digging Deeper podcast, where our goal is to take God's Word and to dig it a little bit deeper into our hearts from that past Sunday's sermon. Uh, my name is Jacob Belding, and I'm the Connections Minister here at First Baptist Azel. And I'm Michael Masterfall. I'm the student pastor here at FBC Azel. That's right. We have Michael with us today. And then over on sound and video. What's up, everybody? This is Judah. That's right. We have Judah with us today. Uh, as usual, and he's doing a great job with all the audio-visual stuff. It's awesome. So uh, before we really get going, uh, first thing, uh, before we forget, is uh, be sure that you like, uh, that you comment, uh, subscribe uh, to the video. Uh, that tells the, the all-knowing algorithm that you like uh, this podcast, that you like this content, and you'd like to see more of it. So, um, so if they don't like it, they don't like what they're seeing. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> yes, uh, that is correct. Uh, absolutely right. But of course, if anybody's watching, for those that do watch, not if anybody's watching, there's plenty of people that watch. But for those that do watch and, and like it, then yeah, liking and subscribing is a good move for sure. Is this global yet? Um, it's got to be. I don't okay. know why it wouldn't be. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, let's go on and just dive right in uh, to Pastor Lee's sermon this past week. So the title of the sermon was, What Happens the Moment I Die? What Happens the Moment I Die? And he made it very, very clear. It's not, well, what happens when I die or what happens after I die? But like the moment that I die, what happens, right? So it's a question of, of timing. And Pastor Lee, he gave us a, a few things. First off, not to believe. Uh, we'll talk about those here in a little bit. But then he gave us four biblical facts about what happens the moment that we die. Uh, the first one is that everybody dies. Uh, the second is that at the moment of death, our life on earth is over. The third is that at the moment of death, our next life begins. And then the fourth one is just very, very clear on what happens the moment that I die. So uh, to, to really kick this off, let's start looking at some of the things that we should not believe about what happens right after we die. So the first one that he mentioned is annihilation or annihilationism, which uh, Pastor Lee explained is this is the agnostic sort of atheist approach that, um, that hey, you have no spirit, you have no soul, there's no eternity. What you see is what you get out of life. And that's um, and that's that's it, right? Uh, when you die, the lights go out, and you just totally cease to exist. That's and, sad. Yeah, right? isn't it a little depressing? <laughs> it is depressing, <laughs> right? And uh, he uh, he even mentioned uh, in his sermon that you know uh, basically we're we're just like any other animal, right? When it's over, it's over. Which uh, man to kick it off was like, man, what about all my pets? Like. I've seen all dogs go to heaven, so I don't even think that floats with the animals. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, that, that's canonical now. Uh, all dogs go to heaven. <laughs> we'll just add that into the, uh, 
uh, into some of these layers of, of pop culture uh, yes. death ideas uh, for sure. Um, but yeah, the idea is we live, we die, and and that's it. Um, so uh, one of the things that's that's kind of interesting about annihilationism and this sort of atheistic, agnostic view of of death is um, for them they argue that well, the fact that there's no life after death really makes life that much more special and meaningful here and now, uh, which is kind of interesting, right? Do you have any thoughts uh, on that or annihilationism? Uh, I don't, I, I'm sitting there thinking about the fact that there's nothing after. So you're just constantly, you don't know when you're going to die, and just one day the lights are off. That's just, it doesn't seem too hopeful. It doesn't seem like something that you'd want to believe or think that it was a reality because it's I'm working towards my death I don't you know I don't I don't know it seems kind of weird you're right it's like man even if I'm living in the moment I could die in that moment yeah and it's over you're right it's uh the you know YOLO I don't know if the kids are are really into that anymore but there was that whole that time where all the the students and the kids uh at least uh, teaching at the high school uh man yeah hashtag YOLO man you only live once and it's like, yeah, uh, that's true. But what if you died while doing or having a YOLO moment? Right? Yeah. Wouldn't that be kind of ironic? It would be. It's just weird. Yeah, it's, it's just strange. weird. I don't, it's, I don't know. Yeah. I can't wrap my mind around knowing that there's nothing after this. It just is. Uh, it makes things a whole lot sadder. It's like we're all Eeyore now. Why yeah. bother? I mean, it just. <laughs> what What is the point? Right. Well, there and wouldn't so, be a point. Yeah, yeah, it's just, okay, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, agreed. Um, okay, so that's uh, annihilation. That's the first thing that we should avoid and, and not believe ourselves. Uh, the second one that Pastor Lee mentioned was reincarnation. Oh, I like it. I want to be a bear when I die. <laughs> just be a bear. Right? So here's a question. If, uh, and the whole thing is based on, uh, on Eastern religions and Eastern ideas of of death and the afterlife. And so for, for reincarnation, if let's say that you have good karma, right? You've lived a pretty good life. You've, you've done the things that you're supposed to do. Like do your preferences on what you come back as like, like come into play at all. So like, if you wanted to be a bear in your next life, it's and like, did, did good here. I get to be a bear. Yeah. Is that like the universe like acknowledges that you like are a bear on the inside or something? You know? So what do you become if you're horrible? Like if you live an awful life here, Oh man, what, what do you become then? Uh, probably an ant. An ant? I'm going to go with an ant. Well, an ant, they're still pretty cool though. They lift like 10 times their body weight and all that. And yeah. their uniform. Is there something worse than an ant? A cockroach? Maybe? <laughs> a cockroach <laughs> I or I don't know. Flies, don't they have like twenty four hours yeah, or something like yeah, that? Yeah, maybe a fly. It's like good luck in your next life. Yeah. Uh, or mosquitoes. No one likes them a good mosquito, <laughs> right? No one likes them. Right. So maybe you're a mosquito and everybody's trying to swat you your whole entire <laughs> life in your second life. I so, don't know. Yeah, and somebody finally gets you. Yeah. It's like, oh now that's yeah. over. Let's try again with something else. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, in a lot of ways, reincarnation it just sounds exhausting. Doesn't it? it? You're, yeah, you're constantly changing your roles, so you got to learn something new every life. It's weird, but being a bear, though, think about it. Like, well, for, what, what would your animal be if you could Ooh. be any animal? Man, I have not given it near enough thought because this is an important question. It uh, is. To answer, Judah, do you have an animal that you would want to be? Um, I'll be a kangaroo. A kangaroo? Yeah. Why? 
You see those videos of them like oh, boxing? You just want to be a good boxer? Yeah. Knock people out? Yeah. Okay. I think. Yeah, I'm not really a cat person, but oh. I think I might want to be a cat because they nap for like 20 hours a day or something. You know that if if someone, I'm going to go ahead. I, okay, we're just going to throw it out there. Roxanne, if <laughs> Roxanne was ever to be reincarnated as an animal, it would be a cat. 100%. She comes in my office all the time and just knocks things down like <laughs> cats do, and she just pesters people. So I'm pretty sure she'd be a cat. Yeah, I think you're probably right. And uh, yeah. But she would have a sparkly glitter collar. Oh, for sure. 100%. For sure. She would shake and it would just be glitter grow everywhere. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's reincarnation. Things that we're going to avoid. So sorry uh, about being a bear. Sorry about being a kangaroo or a cat or whatever. Uh, that's not how it works. Right. Um, okay, the fourth thing about the afterlife that uh, we should avoid believing as believers are, or is universalism which is the idea that people will be universally restored after they die. Like everybody makes it into heaven at the very end of the day. Everybody's saved. Everybody gets to enjoy their version of heaven forever. It sounds nice. Yeah, it sounds like a great philosophy to live life by. You know, it doesn't right. matter what I do here. In the end, I get to go to heaven and be with Jesus, right? Yeah, that's right. That's great. Yeah. Uh, Pastor Lee even pointed out in his sermon, he says, if anybody ever approaches you with universalism and says, hey, yeah, I believe that all people go to heaven, he's like, just bring up Hitler. And boom, yeah. there goes. <laughs> well, cause, yeah, because then they're like, wait a minute, no, I was better than Hitler. Why does he get to go where I'm going? Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, seriously. And Hitler was awful. Uh, I mean, he's hopefully, you know, there's some sort of responsibility, right, yeah. for the things that we, we do, right? And so universalism... Again, can you imagine the chaos with that theory, right? Why, why does anything matter? Why do I have to follow rules? Why do I have to have good morals? Why do, I, why do I have to do anything? I just live how I want, and in the end, it's all cool. So if I want to hate this person or murder this person, whatever, it doesn't matter. In the other end, I get to be with Jesus. Yep. That's Woo. awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's no accountability at all. Yeah. There's no judgment, um, and everybody just winds up in a, in a happy place uh, yeah. at the very end. So yes, uh, every, basically it's uh, like everybody gets a trophy, uh, sort of a, a mentality. That's where we went wrong. <laughs> yeah. Just handing out trophies to everybody. Yeah, that's right. Um, and which we don't do that with Upward. No, we don't. They don't. Only the winners. Yeah, that's right. Only the winners get trophies. Right? Yeah, well, first and second place. Yes, yeah. right. First and second so. out of like four teams. But that doesn't matter. Right? Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so the, those are the three sort of main things, main things that, uh, or beliefs about the afterlife that, that we should avoid. Annihilation, reincarnation, and universalism. So let's go on and move into uh, biblical facts. So Pastor Lee, he gave us four biblical facts uh, that we should uh, be sure to acknowledge and, uh, and believe, and uh, this will help us right? Uh, as, as our own uh, deaths uh, draw near, or even uh, we, you know, when we experience the death of a loved one uh, or, or something like that. So uh, the first one is that everybody dies. This one hit me hard. Yep. I was like, what, Pastor? I like, like, <laughs> it's you know, like when someone tells you that Santa Claus isn't real and you're just like taken back because it, everybody dies. Wait, what? What, what are you trying to say about me? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, everybody dies. And um, yeah, so as I was listening to the sermon on Sunday, I'm like, uh, man, I thought this was going to be a little bit more encouraging. Uh, suddenly, I'm thinking about my own death all of a sudden. And uh, 
So which brings up a good question. Uh, Michael, how do you feel about your imminent demise? <laughs> I mean, I guess it's inevitable. I mean, but at the same time, I'd like to live a life worth living. And so knowing that one day I die, don't, I mean, the way I feel, I want to make my life matter while I'm here. Yeah. And so when I think about the future of like, hey, one day I'm going to die, I want to leave a mark. I want to leave something behind to say, oh, okay, yeah, you, you, you helped, you changed lives, you did something, you, you influenced the world in some way. Mm-hmm. And so knowing that you die, hopefully that you're, you're living that way. Mm-hmm. Not like, oh, I, I got 20 more years, I got 30 more years, and, and pushing off the, the influence that you could have or the, the lives that you could change by saying, eh, I got more time. Because in the reality, we don't. Everybody dies, and to add to that, it's everybody dies, and you don't know when. Like, it could be tomorrow. It could be right now. You could drop dead right now, Jacob. Yes, and, I could. Yeah, or Judah. He could drop dead right now on the, over there, running sound. Yeah, hopefully not. Yeah, I hope not, because I don't be, know how to stop it. Yeah, that'd be so, bad for the podcast. We'd be rolling for a good while. <laughs> I guess we could just unplug it. Right. Um, yeah, so everybody dies, right? And, and we all know this, but it always seems shocking to us in our yeah. culture, right? When, when you bring up death or, or dying or, you know, you even have to, when you start to think about uh, your own life and, uh, and that just the fact that, yeah, there will come a day, whether it's today or, hey, or however many years from now, today, tomorrow, or in the future, that we all die, right? Uh, but it's still shocking uh, to us a, a little bit. Um, Why do you think that is? Well, I was about to ask you that. Oh, well, uh, but... I was flipping the question. I saw you coming <laughs> yeah. at me, and I told you you were going to lead this conversation, and so right. I was deflecting. Um, so I do think it's a good question. Um, I think in a lot of ways in our culture, we're pretty insulated from death overall. Um, I mean, uh, especially growing up, I mean, I can count on one hand how many funerals that I went to. I mean, it wasn't very many, I think. Uh, one or two by the time that I was like 10 years old, maybe. Um, so it's not like, it's not like death is like in our face all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, or even the way. So uh, like uh, at a, uh, let's say that there's an accident, something happens and somebody uh, dies in, in that accident, like out in a public space. Right. Well, as soon as uh, you know, paramedics or you know, whoever it is that gets there, arrives on the scene, like what's the first thing that they go and do after they check on the person and be sure that, you know, they are in fact dead at that point. They go get a sheet and cover up the body so nobody else has to look. And, you know, and and maybe there's, there's more to that, like uh, trying to be respectful of that person's family and uh, things like that. But I mean, if you think about it, we're pretty insulated uh, from death. I can't think, uh, I mean, growing up, I was probably... Oh gosh, I want to say thirty-one or something like that. I'd been to like two funerals. Like no one, no one died around me, and the people yep. that did die around me, it was kind of expected. Like they were older. They had like my grandparents had dementia, and so we knew that was it was something that we we knew they had a diagnosis. We knew there was an end in sight. But I think that a lot of it is is the reason it's hard for us to deal with is that a lot of it's unexpected. Mm-hmm. Like and maybe I don't know why it's unexpected. Like it's just we just think that hey, this happened so soon or so sudden. Right, and so it's different when you have someone that's in your life or someone that you know that is, you've been preparing for it because there was a diagnosis or something like that, and so you had time to wrestle with that idea. Mm-hmm. And for us, it's always like blindsiding because oh, they were they were you know fifty one or they were, uh, you know when uh, my mother in law passed away, like she even had a diagnosis of cancer, and then she went into her remission, 
And then shortly after that, she passed away. And it was kind of a shock because she went into remission. So we just assumed, no, she's got another 50 years. Yeah. And that just wasn't the case. And so it was, it was a shock. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I agree. I agree. It can't be shocking, especially when it's uh, we're not prepared. Yeah, I think that's it. We just haven't prepared with the idea of losing that person. Mm -hmm. And we just expect, you know, like even our parents, like they're going to live forever, right? Your mom and dad's going to live forever. My mom and dad's going to live forever. They're invincible. And then we realize one day, oh, they're not. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to deal with. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so, uh, Pastor Lee, one of the things that, uh, that he brought up, uh, there was a scripture. It's uh, Hebrews 9, uh, verse 27 through 28. Uh, Michael, do you want to read that one for us? Yeah, it says, Just as a man is destined to die once, and after that to face judgment, so Christ has sacrificed once to take away the sins of many people. Right. And so, um, Pastor Lee makes the point that, hey, everybody dies, and that uh, they're there is a day of judgment uh, that's coming, right? And this is over against uh, those other worldviews uh, that say, oh, nothing happens after you die, or after you die, you're reincarnated, or hey, everybody gets into heaven, it's going to be great. Um, now, there's pretty clearly, based on Scripture, going to, going to be a judgment, right? Yeah. Uh, and you know, we're all going to be judged. God's going to judge the things that we've done uh, in our lives. and um, But at the same time, uh, you know, we're all sinners. God knows uh, everything that we've ever done or anything that we've ever thought or anything we've ever said. Um, but here, even in the same passage, right, it says that uh, Christ has been offered once to bear the sins of many. Uh, and uh, he's, he's dealt with those sins uh, for those who uh, place their faith and in, in trust in him, which in, in the face of death is very, very encouraging. Oh, yeah, it? absolutely. To know that, that, He's already paid the ultimate price for all your mistakes. And uh, that is reassuring, especially when you know someone that's a believer and, and you, you know for a fact, you're like, hey, you know, they may have had some mistakes in their life, but I know where they are today. Mm-hmm. And, and that is a very it's a reassuring and it should make death a little easier oh, yeah. um, knowing where they are. And so uh, that's a great feeling. Yeah, it's comforting. Yeah, for <clears throat> it's sure. It's comforting to know that. And uh, it's... Um, it's like attending, for example, attending a funeral of somebody that you know was a believer, was a committed follower of Christ versus somebody who you know was not. Two very different... Um, Moods and atmospheres, for yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. So um, as far as uh, pop culture goes, uh, thinking about how everybody dies, uh, there's all sorts of different uh, movies out there and ideas about, oh, hey, if we can only just find the fountain of youth... We can live forever, right? Or we can cheat death. If we know the moment and we can get past it, yes. then we live forever. Right, exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. That sounds so awesome, death. doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> or uh, what was it in that uh, the Disney, uh, uh, what was it called, Tangled, the Rapunzel movie, where there's like a magic flower and the evil stepmother uh, comes in and uh, she's using the power of the flower, I guess, to, to make herself young and rejuvenated all of the time and she's just living her life being evil all the time uh until you know spoiler alert uh you know the flower goes away and then the stepmom also goes away we'll we'll call it uh what's the one with the glowing tree was that avatar 
what's the glowing tree? Like they had to go find the glowing tree to eat the thing to make them come back to life. But the tree only blooms at a certain time. And then they had to get it while it was in bloom. Gosh, what was that? I don't know. Do you know, do you know that one? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm starting I to don't think. Either. No, no, no. It was the, it was the movie, the Jungle Cruise movie. It had the rock in it. Do, I haven't seen that. Oh, okay. Well, anyways, they had to get like this tree and the tree could make you live forever. It brought you back to life or he was stuck in some eternal torture or something. I don't remember. Anyway. Interesting. But so crazy was, ideas. Yeah, yeah. Same idea though is, yeah. hey man, wouldn't that just be great if we could live forever? We wouldn't have to worry about death or yeah. judgment or uh, any of those things. Right? But could you imagine like if you wasted your whole life looking for the fountain of youth, like you spent your whole time worried about trying to live forever that you died not finding it, and you wasted your whole life looking for it, and it's not real, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. just it would just be ironic. It would be. You're like, yeah, oh, yeah, you're trying to live forever, and you died not finding how to live forever, <laughs> right? Mm. It's uh, like to quote Braveheart: uh, "Every man dies, not every man truly lives." That is true. It's like, yeah, <laughs> I live every day. I had Whataburger for lunch. <laughs> yeah, uh, Whataburger's delicious. It is. Um, so good. Yeah, so, okay, that's the first biblical fact, is that everybody dies. The second fact about death, biblical fact about death, is that at the moment of death, our life on earth is over, which is a little sad, right? Uh, Pastor Lee mentioned that means no more Tex-Mex, no more uh, more football, uh, no more um, uh, employment, social media. It's all gone. You're right. And he did throw in there, like, no more taxes, no more troubles. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, all no, the positive things that come with it. Yeah, the good things, and then, like, you know, the IRS is still going to get theirs because there's an inheritance. So you mean you don't tax. float around and you can just do some of those things after? Right. There's no hovering around, and I can pick on my friends. Like, he, I think he used that as an analogy. You could go around and scare your friends, but yes. you can't do that, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, uh, which is, uh, have you ever had anybody ask you about ghost experiences or, or oh, encounters? Gosh. Yes. <laughs> what, what do you got? Oh, I've got all kinds of... So, well, I'm trying to think of a specific now. There was one where this is like a, a legit one. Like there's a haunted house up in uh, Massachusetts. My family, my dad's side of the family is from up there. And they had one where the kid went down the basement. And when he went down to the basement, the door shut. And the kid comes out all scratched up and stuff like that because the house was possessed or that cellar was possessed or something. They actually took a crew from a show... Some I forget the haunting show I'd have to ask. Ghost hunters? Yeah, something like that. And they went up there to investigate the house, and they said that the house was haunted and stuff like that. And so, yeah, I don't know. Oh, man. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I remember uh, growing up one time, I was talking about ghosts and things, and um, my brother and I, I think we were in uh, either middle school or high school, and my parents had bought my sister a new bed, and we were going to assemble it. But for whatever reason, you know, we like to – we like to do those kinds of things like later, like in the evening or at night. And, um, you know, for some reason, it's like, oh, it's bedtime. It's like, oh, it's time to start being creative. And you know, things sounds like, like my children. <laughs> yeah. It's bedtime and they want to do everything they should have done all day. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was us. And so um, the, the house that we lived in in Weatherford was my great grandmother's house. And then when she died, my parents bought the house from, uh, from my grandma and my great aunt. And uh, that's where we, we moved into. And so uh, I remember we were up late. Uh, it was, I don't even know how late it was. It was probably like 11 or midnight or something like that. Everybody else is asleep, and we're working on putting this bed together. And we got it all the way done, 
And then all of a sudden, the, the living room lights turn off. And there were... It's your grandma. Yeah, right. That's what we said. <laughs> so there's two switches for the same light. One was over here in this hallway, and the other was over here in the kitchen. And so both of us, like, stopped. We looked at the, at the light switch here. We looked at the light switch over there, and we're like... Grandma, hey, <laughs> you know, like can you Hi, turn grandma. the light back on? <laughs> uh, but uh, no, no, uh, we we kind of joke about it, but uh, yeah. no, definitely not. You're right. There's no uh, no ghosts. Uh, people don't just hang out uh, after uh, after they die. And get Hollywood, them. I'm finding something out with this sermon. Hollywood has lied to me for years. Oh yeah, I thought for sure I could cheat, that I could live longer than I was supposed to. Um, and that life lived on. Like I could, if I wanted to stay around and pick on people, I could. And so I'm a little upset with Hollywood right now. <laughs> oh, that might be kind of fun. <laughs> like go on people. <laughs> oh man, I would so pick on some people around here. <laughs> right. Uh, it's uh oh, absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah. Would definitely have some fun. Uh, but <laughs> uh, at the moment of death, our life on Earth is over, and. Uh, your pastor Lee even uh, used an illustration about high school graduates. Uh, they tend to want to hang around and, oh, I want to go back and visit my old high school. It's like you, you graduated like two months ago. Uh, yeah. That's cool. And you maybe you, you know some people still from, from when you were there. And then as time goes on, like you might as well like, almost not have even ever been there. You're like, who's the weird dude sitting over there like by himself? Why <laughs> right. is he still coming to these games? He's been coming for years. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, it gets awkward. Yeah, you have to have security escort him out yes. of the band section again. And, yeah. Oh, we've Sounds like something Chris this. would do. <laughs> yeah. Mm. We should ask him about it next yeah, week. Yeah, well, I joked at youth camp. I had East Texas, uh, wherever he went to high school or oh, college, yeah. and I had them uh, come out and go, Chris Brown? You know the Chris Brown? <laughs> <laughs> joking with anyway. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Uh, so yes, uh, at the moment of, of our death, our life on earth is over, uh, so, which is point two. Uh, the third one, at the moment of death, our next life begins. So there's no sort of intermediate state. Uh, there's no uh, purgatory. Right? We've talked about that on the podcast before. Um, and whether it's a, a temporary heaven, a temporary hell, or the uh, the permanent thing, uh, more or less, uh, at the moment that we die, uh, the nice thing is we get to be uh, with Christ. Oh, yeah, that's that's an odd, to know that, like to see someone, like we've had some people in our life where uh, they were on their deathbed for a good while, and, and when they finally go to know they're finally at rest, that that pain's gone, that all that, like to know, hey, they're with Jesus right now, and that they're not waiting in some like soul-sleeping hibernation yeah. chamber or something like that is is a great feeling to know because how sad is it to think that you have to wait a thousand years or whatever <laughs> or more yeah it's like you have to sleep in one of those incubation chamber things and you stay in those or yeah not, i don't know i don't know sleep chambers what are those called judah it's not an incubation chamber what is it like a cryo chamber yes yeah, like your fro like your frozen. soul is frozen for a thousand years until you can come back yeah, that would be wild, wouldn't it? It would be. <laughs> so, it's, so it's just like you, you go to sleep forever. Uh, yeah, uh, that's the idea. It's it's like a sleep. Oh. It's like uh, oh, Is, you, you die, and it's like you might. It's like I, I imagine it. It would be kind of like uh, if you've ever been under like anesthetics, like to go in for a surgery or something like that. And you know, like time is weird. Like uh, you, they have you count down backwards from ten. And, and then you like, get to nine and you're out. out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then uh, when you wake up, you know, it's kind of like surreal. It's like 
It's like you just, yeah, you just kind of close your eyes for half a second is what it feels like. Yeah. And then uh, you're awake, but hours have gone by potentially. And Do you think it would be like a deep sleep or do you hear the dog barking outside <laughs> during that? And you're just like frustrated the whole time because you can't get good sleep because the dog's barking. Right. Or uh, all of these poor Egyptians that they keep digging up from the oh. pyramids, you know, they're like, who are these British guys? And why do they keep waking me up? <laughs> right. I can't sleep good. Why am I in this museum? And why are people poking at me all day? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, that would be uh, that would be something else, wouldn't it? Mm. Uh, um, so this is uh, uh, where Pastor Lee's, uh, he had uh, his passage uh, for, for Sunday really comes into play. So it's Luke chapter 16. Uh, verses 19 through 23. Um, so uh, there was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. What a big word. So Whataburger every day? That's what it sounds like. Okay. Delicious. Uh, and at his gate laid a poor man named Lazarus covered with sores who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, even the dogs came and licked his sores. The poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. And in Hades, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. So here uh, in Luke uh, chapter 16, Jesus is giving this parable. And uh, in the parable, well, the, the poor man dies and is carried off by the angels to Abraham's side. It doesn't say that, oh, first he, his soul slept for however many thousands of years, and then the rich man, uh, however many thousands of years later, woke up and he was in hell. Uh, it says, you know, this happens right after, uh, when, they're, yeah. when they die and uh, when they're buried. And so uh, this is one of the, uh, the, the it just goes to support the, the point that, yeah. hey, our next life begins as soon as this one ends. Yeah. Um, which is also brings up sort of another subpoint that Pastor Lee talked about is hey after you die there's not like a second chance at redemption. Oh yeah, like, for sure. You're just yeah. time's come and gone. You you, you should have made the choice while you're here on earth. And oh man, yeah. Which is uh, all of us love a comeback story. I mean, if you think about it, or or like. But that's what life is for. Yeah. The comeback stories, you make a mistake at 19 and you come back. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Not, not I died 19 years ago and I'm going to make a comeback. Right. That would be, uh, that's like how zombie movies get started. Yeah. Right. It's like, <laughs> oh, I'm back now. And <laughs> um, <laughs> so he said that he asked for a drop of water, right? Yes. And so later on, he asked for a drop of water. And Pastor said he'd ask for a sweet tea. What would your, be your choice drink here? Oh, Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper. Would you go, okay. Keep yeah. in mind, you're already dead, so the whole zero sugar doesn't matter now. Would you go with a true Dr. Pepper, or would you keep the zero sugar that you drink? Oh, man. Uh, all day, every day. Mm. I want the classic Dr. Pepper with the pure sugar cane. Oh, sugar. all right. So oh. Dublin. The Dublin, Dublin Dr. Dr. Pepper. Pepper yeah. Is that a thing anymore? No, it's okay. not. They Judah, that. your choice drink? I, I'm with him. Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Dr. All right. Boy. I think I'm going to go Dr. Pepper, too. But I tell you, lately, I've loved lemonade. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Like Chick-fil-A lemonade. Mm -hmm. And then there's the, is it Milo brand that you get at Walmart? I'm not lemonade. Sure. Oh, it's yeah. so good. There's just something about a refreshing lemonade on a hot day. Yeah. And we've had plenty of those oh, yeah. uh, recently. Right? The weather's yeah. finally nicer. Yeah. So yeah, Dr. Pepper would be a good choice. So I guess we're in, you know, and those of you watching, can you drop comments? Can you do that? Yeah. Okay. What would your drink be? And what would your spirit animal be? <laughs> <laughs> we call it a spirit animal. What animal would you come back as? <laughs> 
I want to change my answer to a dragon. I'll come back as a dragon. <laughs> Fire breathing dragon? Fire breathing. Okay. And I could, uh, you know, like fly. If you, how to train your dragons, which dragon would you be? Would you be, oh. what's the main one? Nightfire? What was his name? Uh, oh, gosh. The Nightshade? Yeah, Is something like shade? something like that. He has retractable Dude is looking teeth. At that. We got our we got our facts checker checker over here. He's gonna get the name of it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was like something foot. No, I'm thinking a little foot. That's off of Land Before toothless. Time. They called him Toothless. Toothless, yes, they did yeah. call him Toothless. They also called that kid in Stranger Things Toothless. Oh, really? Yeah, just one time they were making fun of him. It was mean. <laughs> That's awesome. Random facts. How's this going, by the way? Are we, are we doing this right, or are we so off topic because Chris isn't here? It's it's weird. Oh, I think we're doing pretty good okay. overall. I mean, we're still kind of circulating around the idea of death uh, anyway in the biblical. A night fury. Night fury. Night fury, right. yes. Yeah, that one would be cool. That's what. That's my spirit animal. Yeah, it could be that. And then if it's your spirit animal, you wouldn't come back as one with a hurt wing. Right. Yeah, right. you'd I be completely just, healthy. Yeah, I could fly around and it'd be great. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Um, okay, let's uh, let's keep going. We gotta so, get back on track here. Yeah, that's right. Um, another interesting thing that Pastor Lee talked about in this section of his sermon was near death experiences oh, or yeah. NDEs, near death experiences. Uh, you have any thoughts on on these near death experiences? I, I mean, they all seem to be somewhat the same, right? You see the light or. You, you're above your body, and then you see how it all works, and then for some reason you just get shot back here. Like It's like, oh, nope, not your time yet. Right. Like You just kind of get a sneak peek of what's happening <laughs> after. Maybe so you can write a good book. Yeah, that's right. Get Maybe a, that's a it. Book deal book and deal. make uh, thousands, or if not millions, of dollars. And Do people yeah, make million dollars with books? Uh, I don't know. It probably depends on how, how many they sell and all those sorts of things. I don't know. I've always seen authors that don't seem like they're happy about the money they make. Yeah. So can, I was just curious. Yeah, I don't so know. I don't know why they'd give you a book deal. Maybe make a movie out of it. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be better. Yeah. A movie. Movie sounds yeah. good. Starring yourself. Yeah. Right. Because you lived the experience. So right. what better to, person to do it than you? Yeah. Then you have to relive the experience of almost dying. And, yeah. That sounds fun. That'd be good. <laughs> um, but they do seem to be pretty popular and and uh, overall pretty consistent with each other, which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, to think about when it comes to those near-death experiences. Um, do you ever, uh, on the internet, sort of find yourself like reading? Have you ever read an example of somebody claiming to have a near-death experience? And No. There was, see, there, well, there's that Seven Minutes in Heaven, was that it? The book or the big thing that... Yeah. And then there there was another one. I think it was, was it 30 Minutes in Hell or something like that? And oh, it was, was like it 30 the, Minutes in Heaven? Uh, so, uh, 90, minutes, 90, 90 minutes, minutes in heaven. heaven? I don't that know. Sounds right. Judah, why don't you fact check us? <laughs> <laughs> See, Judah didn't know he was going to play this critical role today. That's right. Judah is on it. Yeah. Um, but uh, sometimes, uh, I mean, they're, they're interesting to read about. It's like, oh, really? Like, yeah, the person, uh, I read one once years ago and this uh, lady uh, was, was dying or clinically dead. And so she was like looking down on her body, but then she knew where some things were. 90 minutes in 90 heaven. 90 minutes. 90 minutes in heaven. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they got a full hour and a half. Yeah. That's basically a movie length. Yeah, that's right. Oh, Did they make a movie after the book? Uh, yeah, it's a movie. Oh, see. A full 90 minutes. Right? I know. <laughs> All right. Coincidence? Yeah. I think not. Right. Definitely not. But uh, yeah, some of the, it's, they're interesting to read. They're yeah. intriguing. And, um, but they just don't, you know, it's, it's hard to validate. 
Well, know, uh, when somebody says that they've had one, and it's like uh, that's why I like like the way the pastor handled it. He's like, you know, I can't tell you yes or no, but if it goes non-biblical, if it's against what the Bible says, then I know it wasn't real. But, yes, yeah. but so I like the way he handles that. And he handles it with with grace and like you're. Instead of saying, "Hey, you're crazy," right. like he's like, "No, if it goes non-biblical, I'll tell you you're crazy." Yes. But if not, then then who's to say? Who am I to say if you had it or not? Yeah, that's so. right. Uh, they are interesting, and, yeah. and they are a little bit of a phenomenon, a cultural phenomenon. Yeah, uh, it seems like so. Uh, okay, well, let's move on to the fourth uh, biblical thing to to note about the moment that we die, which is what happens the moment that I die, and uh, the answer is that if we're in Christ. Whatever happens will happen quickly. So Luke chapter 23, verse 42 and 43, uh, the scene is the crucifixion. Uh, so Jesus is he's up on the cross. He's between two criminals. Uh, at first, uh, according to uh, you know, all four Gospels, it seems that both of them are, are mocking Jesus. And then one, one of the thieves that's there on the cross, uh, he, he seems to repent. A right. light kicks on, and he realizes, yeah. whoa. He's like, what are we doing? He's like, hey. Uh, this guy's different. Yeah, he didn't even deserve this, but we did. Yeah. And so uh, here's Luke 23, 42, and 43. Uh, and the thief, this is the thief. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. So he says, you know, not Someday you'll be with me in paradise, but today you'll be with me in paradise. And you gotta love the the entire the whole story of the thief on the cross is extremely um, it's just very encouraging, right? I mean, what did this guy know at the end of the day? Like he had no chance to do anything uh, anything good, right? So there goes any kind of work salvation at all, right? The guy was a criminal. He was a convicted criminal who's being executed by the Roman government. But, but man, he, he saw Jesus for who Jesus was. That's right. He made it. Yeah. Which is really, really incredible. And yeah, he's going to, he's with Christ. Uh, it's what Jesus told him. Today, you will be with me in paradise. Have, have you heard a lot of that when people, like, they're on their deathbeds and they make the decision, I'm going to trust Jesus right here on my deathbed? It's kind of, they're, they're kind of cool stories and yeah. the fact that they're they're coming around and they're realizing, I'm not invincible. I All the things I did were wrong. And, and I guess death has a way of doing that to you and you're like, oh no, here we this go. is the end. And yep. then they're like, Jesus, you know, and so Jesus is real. This yeah. is, this is a real thing. And so it's cool to see. And yeah. it's cool to see the thief here is like, yeah, this guy's different. He, he's, yep. he's the real deal. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and yeah, sometimes it takes those sorts of uh, life moments, um, right. To sort of jolt people away uh, yeah. to, to that reality. Um, and that's definitely a way that God can work. And, and, and I've heard of that. Just the other day, we were listening to someone that was uh, a testimony of someone that was at 9-11. They were on the 60-something floor of the Twin Towers. He gets out, and he said it changed his life. Mm-hmm. Like he realized, oh, man, life is a gift. Uh, and he realized, you know, God put me here. I have a purpose, and I wasn't living up to that purpose, and I don't want to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's got to be a so that's got to be a sobering reality to realize. Like, hey, if I was just a few floors higher, it's I over. Would, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be here today. Yeah, which is a uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy to think about. Um, and so, uh, what happens the moment that we die? Um, first, uh, we're if we're in Christ, it happens, uh, or whatever happens ha- will happen quickly. Right? There's no like lull in the time, uh, and then we're all in God's hands at the end. 
So Luke 23, 46, later on in that very same chapter, uh, Jesus calling out with a loud voice said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said that, he breathed his last. So there, uh, Jesus was uh, placing his own spirit into the Father's hands. And then later on in Acts, this was the same way with Stephen, yeah. uh, the first martyr. Uh, so he, he looks and sees God the Father, and Jesus is there at his right hand, and he says, Jesus, uh, receive my spirit. And so uh, that uh, even is, is very, very encouraging, right? And there's, there's even lots of other parts of Scripture, too, that talk about uh, the saints, for example, uh, being in, in God's presence in one way or another uh, after death and, uh, and before the second coming. Uh, like Revelation, uh, for example, um, there's, uh, I think it's Revelation 6, where uh, they're opening the seals, and I think it's, it's the fifth seal, where uh, John looks and sees uh, all of the people who've been martyred uh, for Christ. They're, they're there under the altar, which really just goes to show that, you know, they, they, were, they were martyrs, uh, in fact, and uh, they're communicating. Uh, they say, oh, Lord, how, how much longer until you avenge us and, mm-hmm. um, and those sorts of things. Um, and so even there, there's clearly no soul sleep. Uh, oh, yeah, no. Right? And, and they're there uh, at least close enough to God that God can hear them, right? Yeah. It's not like they're, uh, they're unconscious in some way uh, or something like that he, anyway. So, um, so yeah, uh, this, uh, at the end of the day, really shows our need for, for Christ, uh, shows our need for forgiveness and for uh, redemption, uh, yeah. the whole topic of death, right? Uh, I think it's reassuring. This whole, whole message is like, kind of started off like you said doom and gloom yep. we all die yeah but oh, in the end of it like when you look at the truth about death it should be reassuring to us to know hey how this whole thing is handled is like when it's all said and done you do die but here's what's happening and then the fact that in the end you're you're with jesus yeah that's a that's a good day right. you know and so um could be a lot worse it could be for sure yeah yeah but yeah the uh, uh just thinking about you know that day when we do get to see the lord and, and get to be with him uh, and that's really the first day of forever in a lot of ways for, yeah. for believers, right? There's other things that'll happen, uh, but man, uh, talk about, yeah, talk about hope. Oh, and, yeah. And, uh, you know, whereas those who aren't believers, right, there is no hope, right? Like the annihilation uh, business and just sounds depressing. Oh, yeah. But this, I tell you what, this puts like a fire under you to want to go out and tell other people. Mm-hmm. Like, because there's people that don't know Jesus yeah. and they're headed for eternal hell and yeah. you're like oh no like how like even the person i like the least in this world i wouldn't wish that upon them and so it's the idea of like man this is all great stuff but now i've got to go tell someone else so that no one else spends eternity other anywhere other than with jesus right and so hopefully it, it acted as somewhat of a witnessing man we got to tell the world yeah because the world needs to know about w- what happens so that they understand as well and they can accept this love that, that jesus has offered to us and so, to me, that's what it did to me, most of all, is at the end of this, I'm like, I've got to tell others, yep. and I need to tell others now, because there's no guarantee. Yeah, so. that's right. We're not guaranteed tomorrow, and neither is anybody else. Yeah. So, there you go. All right. Well. All right. Well, we're, we're back, and one of the points in the sermon was what? That every everyone dies? Yep. Well, it's true about cameras, too, because that camera just died. And so Judah had to do some magical things and make a new camera. He built that camera. Yeah, he did. And he did a great job. So yeah. now that we're back. Yeah, we're uh, back. Yes, it's beautiful. 
so um, we were. Uh, let's go on and recap the sermon, and then we'll move into our bad doctrine of the week. So uh, again, the sermon is titled "What Happens the Moment I Die." Pastor Lee gave us three things: what not to believe. First one was annihilation. The second was reincarnation, and the third was universalism. Three things to avoid. Then he gave us four biblical facts about uh, death. First one, everybody dies. The second, at the moment of death, our life on earth is over. Number three, at the moment of death, our next life begins. And then finally, what happens the moment I die? Uh, we're in God's hands, and we get to be with Christ. So yeah, that's, uh, that's the sermon in a nutshell. So uh, let's go on and move into our bad doctrine of the week. All right, you ready for this one? I'm ready. All right. So there is a uh, there was a survey uh, that the Barna Research Group uh, did, and there's an article on the Christian Post, and it's called "Uncommitted Christians Causing Catastrophic Decline in Biblical Worldview in America." Okay. So, <clears throat> uh, and the sort of headline there sort of uh, provides a, a little bit of the research people's interpretation as to what's going on. But I'm going to want to read off some of these uh, statistics that they found, and then uh, we can sort of talk a little bit about it and what we think. So uh, the survey found that just 2% of parents with children under 13 were found to have a biblical worldview, while 94% had embraced syncretism, which is like a hodgepodge mixture of competing and often conflicting worldviews. So uh, 58% of born-again Christian parents accept that they have the primary responsibility for the spiritual development of their children. 23% of them leave that job up to churches. And research shows uh, are increasingly, uh, research shows are increasingly unreliable sources of biblical worldview training. So uh, here's the uh, kind of, the, the point of the article, uh, most parents, even born-again parents, do not really think the spiritual component of their child's life is a big deal, at least not as big a deal as doing well in school, sports, or relationships. And even if they are focused on building their child's biblical worldview, very few parents today, only 2%, possess a biblical worldview. Uh, then he goes on to say they can't give what they don't have. And this creates a gaping spiritual vacuum as today's parents are raising their children. So our bad doctrine is we people, uh, we don't tend to have a biblical worldview, and we aren't then able to pass on a biblical worldview to our kids. Do you have any thoughts, any initial sort of reactions uh, to this one? Man. Um, I think it explains why the culture is the way it is. If these stats are real, it explains a lot. But how do how do they get to? So you don't you don't have to parent. It's not your responsibility to parent and teach these kids about a biblical worldview. Is that what you're saying? Fifty six percent believe that it's not their responsibility, um, or only fifty six believe that it is their responsibility. Fifty-eight percent of born-again Christian parents accept they have the primary responsibility. Okay. okay, so but twenty-three of them, of those, leave that job up to churches. So twenty-three percent of the fifty-eight percent believe that it's all the church's responsibility for the biblical upbringing of their children. Or I think it's what it's saying is, hey, uh, if I'm part of that twenty-three percent, like, oh yes, I have the primary responsibility of 
developing my child spiritually. Uh, and as the primary uh, responsible person, <laughs> I'm going to let the church pass it on to the church. Totally handle that and, and do that. Sounds so, exhausting for church people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and um, I mean, is that something that here? Here's a good question, right? Because the church is a great uh, resource, and uh, and we love doing ministries and ministering to to kids and uh, and the students. Um, but can uh, is that a proper role? Uh, no. So, so I, it, when things happen in the student ministry and we have parents that say something or, or, or they come along and are wanting us to fix the issue, it's like we got six, maybe eight hours on a week where we might have your kid eight hours. I mean, that's being very generous, more like four to six hours. How do we, how are we able to instill everything they need to know in that short a time frame? Where you, they're with you the rest of the week. They're with the schools the rest of the week. They're wherever the rest of the week. It's kind of impossible. It's, it's, it's pushing a boulder up a really tall hill mm-hmm. and trying to get it to stick up there. And I don't, I don't, it's, it, I think it's impossible for us to be the, the soul. It can't be. Right. And so, man, that's a sad stat. Isn't it? Uh, and it's, man, it, it really goes to show. So, uh, well, it makes me wonder. So if only 2% of parents with kids under 13 have a biblical worldview, 94% embrace this hodgepodge mixture of competing, often conflicting worldviews, are, are parents just overwhelmed uh, with how to go about raising kids nowadays? Is, maybe is that a factor oh, in that, do you think? Or? I, I bet, because they're, they're having to listen to what everybody's saying around them. And we've, we've gotten in, I mean, I think the culture is very much like, don't offend me. Like, you know, does that make sense? Yeah. So, so they're having to deal with this whole, they don't want to offend someone. They don't want to, and it, maybe they're just throwing their hands up. They're like, man, my kids keep doing whatever they want and I don't know how to fix it. And they just kind of throw their hands up. And so they start pulling from anywhere they can to try to fix the situation, to stop the bleeding yeah. of what's going on. And that's where you get this very mixed. And that makes sense on what you see when you're working with children or when you're working with students and they come in and they're very confused on what it looks like to be a believer, what it looks like to be a Christian and what that looks like lived out in the world. Mm-hmm. And so it, those stats seem to make a lot of sense of yeah. what's going on. Yeah. Um, and, and I agree the, uh, on the, on the connection side and the member care side, um, there'll be uh, people that pop up on the list and it's like, hey, that person hasn't been uh, to service in six months, let's just say, uh, or part of a Bible study and uh, no interaction with the church as far as we can tell. Uh, what happened? Uh, what happened to that person? It's like, well, uh, their kid, uh, they were here the entire time that their kids were in school, but as soon as they, they graduate and move off, then they're gone. Yeah, because they were they were trying to get their they were trying to get their kid to get everything they could here, and so they made it a point to be here to help raise their kid up. Yeah, and so yeah, that makes right. It's uh, and which isn't a bad thing. Like yeah, we definitely want our kids yeah. uh, in church and and uh, being here and part of uh, the local body of Christ and being involved and and really part of the community and the life of the church is important for yeah. sure. But it's also important for parents. Yeah, it's important it's, for all of us. It's critical. Yeah, we got to come alongside parents church leaders, we, we've got to partner together because the world is messy enough and the, the, the culture is messy enough where it can't be just our responsibility. It can't just be the parents' responsibility. That's when we come together and say, hey, let's partner together and let's do life together. Let's mm-hmm. figure out how to make this work together because 
I had a parent today that sent me a message and said, hey, so and so has been coming to the student ministry. I'd like to talk to you about a few of the things that are going on uh, or that we're seeing with this person. So I call him up and he he was just reiterating with me, hey, my kid's kind of acting weird. Uh, how, what are your opinions on this? How should I handle this? Do you notice any alarming things? And I, I kind of reassured him and said, hey, my kid's the same way. Yeah. <laughs> and so we're learning. We're learning together as parents and as as, as believers. And, and, and even you got some of the parents and our believers. And they're coming along. And they're getting to learn. And it, it takes a group effort. The whole, it takes a village to raise mm-hmm. it. What is it? It takes an yeah. army to raise a village. It's what a village. It? Village to, to raise yeah. a kid or child. Yeah, yeah. Or and like that. that's absolutely true. And I don't have all the answers. Do you have all the answers, Jacob? Uh, no. And that's why whenever I have issues, what do I do? If I've got issues in student ministry that pop up, who do I come see? The other staff members. I'm like, hey, Pastor. Hey, Chris. Hey, Jacob. Hey, hey, Wendy. Roxanne. Robin. What, what What do we do here? And that just shows, hey, we're all in the same boat here. Life mm-hmm. is crazy. Uh, it's we need help. Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, yeah we all need help. And uh, I, I do think that if uh, as as Christian parents, right, as believing parents, one of the things that if we are, um, it, it's sort of like the airplane. Right when you get on uh, an airplane and and they're going through the pre-flight checklist that they are oh hey be sure that your seatbelt is buckled when you see the sign and have you ever been on a plane where like the uh, the flight attendants they're like almost like doing an eye roll because this is like the fifteenth time that they've done this today and yeah. you can just tell that they're over it um, yeah oh here's the seatbelt and then they talk about well if the cabin loses pressure right then the the oxygen masks will pop down always. Be sure that you put yours on first, so you, then you can be sure to put one on your child uh, or the, the kids that you do have with you. Uh, I think it's it's similar. I think this is uh, right. If if we as parents are taking taking on the primary responsibility of the spiritual development of our kids, as we should, right? We have to be sure that we're being fed at the same time, so we can do that effectively. Oh, right? yeah, it's important that that. And that's why we do like the, the parenting conference. Yep. Uh, it's just a tool and a resource for you to be fed on how to handle situations that are raising in your home. And it's the same way, um, coming to church and you being fed as well. And that's why it's important for uh, our student leaders that are in our group. We tell them, hey, you got to be plugged into some small group or something somewhere because you have to be fed too. It can't just be you helping students all day long or you doing that. It's you got to be being fed as well so that you are um, in a right place to be able to, to help out these other people. And, yeah, it's important that yeah. parents should be being fed as well. And so yep, I agree. Absolutely. So, all right, so that's our Bad Doctrine of the Week, Uncommitted Christians Causing Catastrophic Decline in Biblical Worldview in America, according to the Barna Research Group. So, yeah. uh, But I think we solved that problem, didn't we? We did. Yeah, we yes. fixed it for you. You're welcome, Barna. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, problem solved. Check. Yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, that is our podcast for this week. We really appreciate everybody uh, watching and joining us. Uh, Don't forget, uh, if you haven't done it already, you can uh, like, subscribe, uh, leave a comment here on this video. uh, And that means that you get to, first off, we love reading the comments. Uh, And then second off, you'll get updates uh, on when the next video comes out and drops and those sorts of things. So uh, again, thank you very much for joining us and we'll see you all next time.